0: And welcome to the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Mintel, the Relationship Doctor. And I'm here along with my co-host, Chris Weigel, where every week we're here, we're doing life together, and we're really glad our audience has joined us again.
1: That's right, Dr. Linda. Fantastic to be back again this weekend. Neat topic today. It's something that we in this country celebrate but have a tendency to overlook
0: And it's hard to believe that it's already Memorial Weekend. Right. This is kind of the official launching of summer in my mind, especially when you live in the north, where the freeze line doesn't stop until May 20th. A
1: couple days of spring. Yeah,
0: and then you're into summer,
1: right. Don't you think we've lost the original reason for this holiday? Is it really only about potato salad and hot dogs?
0: Well, you and I are going to probably say yes to that, but let's take a listen to somebody we talked to on the street and see what he had to say about Memorial Day.
1: Growing up in New York, June
0: was the last month of school and so May was like getting hot and it was the last full month of school. So Memorial
1: Day meant the end of school was coming around the corner and summer and it was just a blast. It meant barbecues, it meant long soccer tournaments, traveling with my friends and it just meant freedom really. And
0: I think that ties in well with what America stands for as well. So I love Memorial Day weekend and that's what it means to me. I guess it's all in perspective. May is hot in New York.
1: (laughs) I'm guessing not so much. Maybe not, yeah.
0: But that's interesting that they went to school that late. Really, for many people, that is the focus. Now, he had a lot of great things to say in that little bit that he talked about. It's more than a long weekend off of work and to get out and enjoy the weather. We all do that, but... If you're listening today, we really want to talk about the true meaning of this holiday. There's nothing wrong with going out and having your cookout and your barbecue and enjoying the wonderful weather, which we hope it stays wonderful, but we also want to remember the true reason for this holiday. Let's listen to a few more comments from people who talk about what Memorial Weekend means to them. I think we celebrate it because it's important to remember people that died so we can live in this great nation.
1: I think it's important to remember sacrifices, Made that you know somebody took your place dying for your freedoms, and you'll never know them, you'll never meet
0: them, you'll never meet their family, you never tell them thank you. But I think it's just an important day to
1: reflect and remember what was given for your freedoms.
0: Memorial Day was a really important holiday for my family because I grew up in the military. My dad served 28 years, and so as a child, I distinctly remember M- M- Memorial Day being a time where. Um, we went and put wreaths on gravestones of fallen soldiers. Um, it was kind of a somber holiday because we um, were thinking about all of the servicemen and women who had given their lives so that we could be free. But, you know, it was also a time to celebrate, you know, celebrate life, um, celebrate the life and the freedom that they had given us. So we definitely did, you know, potlucks and barbecues and uh, block parties and things like that. But overall, it really was just an important time for us to remember
1: the fallen. On soldiers. Sounds like that family had the perspective. They enjoyed the changing seasons, the time together, the barbecues, but they really put a lot of emphasis on celebrating Memorial Day.
0: And so did the first man. He right. really understood the significance of the soldiers who have died for our freedom.
1: Mm-hmm. Here's a little Memorial Day history for you. The holiday got started on May 30th of 1868, when Union General John A. Logan declared the day an occasion to decorate the graves of Civil War soldiers, and it was originally called Decoration Day.
0: So it goes all the way back to the Civil War, Mm, right? which I don't know if I knew that. And I knew it was called Decoration Day before. Twenty years later, the name was changed to Memorial Day. On May 11, 1950, Congress passed a resolution requesting that the president issue a proclamation calling all of the Americans to observe Mm -hmm. each Memorial Day as a day of prayer. For permanent peace and designated a period on that day when the people of the United States might unite in prayer.
1: (laughs) Our Congress called for this. Our Congress did that
0: since 1950. That's Mm -hmm. not that long ago. You think of the shift in the country away from the whole idea of prayer Mm -hmm. and praying for peace to what we do now.
1: Right. Well, Congress got the ball rolling and then President Nixon declared Memorial Day a federal holiday in 1971. And Memorial Day is now observed the last Monday of May, which, of course, is this weekend, And it's an occasion to honor men and women who died in all of the wars.
0: That's a good thing.
1: Here's a few more things about Memorial Day. Usually, the president or the vice president gives a speech, and participates in a wreath-laying ceremony at the tomb of the unknown soldier at the Arlington National Cemetery in Virginia.
0: I find that a really moving ceremony. They show it on television. Watching that, it's it's very solemn and
1: it's very moving. Being there, it's a weird feeling. Have you been there during that time? Several times. Yeah. Oh, wow. There's a sense of awe. There's something big happening right here. You know, there is one more tradition that came out of a poem. In 1915, a lady named Moina Michael was inspired by a poem in Flanders Field. And consequently, she wrote her own poem. It goes like this. We cherish, too, the poppy red that grows in fields where valor led. It seems to signal to the skies that blood of heroes never dies.
0: And I know about the poppies. Out of that Uh poem, she decided to wear red poppies. Have you ever seen people on Memorial Day in honor of those who died serving our nation in the war? Mm -hmm. You'll see the red poppies on a lot of people. She sold those poppies to her co-workers and friends, and then she gave the money to benefit servicemen in need.
1: Wow. So one poem spawned that tradition. Later in 1922, the veterans of foreign wars became the first veterans organization to sell poppies nationally in
0: 1948 the post office honored her with a stamp don't you love it
1: that's, that's the goal there you've got to get on a stamp <laughs> if
0: you're on a stamp you've actually made it they were so impressed with her role in establishing the national poppies movement and guess how much the stamp costs three cents, three cents. <laughs> <laughs> right now that wouldn't do so well no President Reagan gave one of his most famous speeches in 1986 on Memorial Day at Arlington National Cemetery. And I want to read a little piece of it because it's so moving to me. This is what President Reagan said. Today is the day we put aside to remember fallen heroes and to pray that no heroes will ever have to die for us again. It's a day of thanks for the valor of others. A day to remember the splendor of America and those of her children who rest in this cemetery and others. It's a day to be with the Family, and remember.
1: President Reagan basically summed it all up. He did. That's Memorial Day. Hmm. He did. Well, this is the Dr. Linda Mental Show. Today, what does Memorial Day mean to you? Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
0: Some days, I simply have to fight discouragement. When those days come, I like to read the Psalms and meditate on the cure for my discouragement. Take Psalm 103, for example. David, feeling discouraged, talks to himself in a way that uplifts his soul. He tells his soul to bless the Lord and to remember the benefits of serving God. David wrote this psalm to encourage himself in the Lord, something I know I need to do regularly. Instead of focusing on all of his problems, David decided to engage his will and rehearsed the goodness of God. He begins the psalm by blessing the Lord. Then he speaks to his soul and reminds himself of all that God does for those who are faithful to him. So when you feel discouraged, do what David did and encourage yourself in the Lord. It will transform that discouragement to praise and gratitude.
1: Raising Healthy Kids in an Unhealthy World Available on Dr. Linda's website, drlindamental.com. And available online where books are sold. This is the Dr. Linda Mental Show. Thanks for being with us again this weekend. Today we're discussing what does Memorial Day mean to you? And Dr. Linda, we talked about the traditions involved with Memorial Day before the break. But what about the number of men and women who have died? fighting for this country over the years? Well,
0: I looked it up on the Department mm-hmm. of Veterans Affairs website, and here's the numbers that I found. I was pretty astounded by the numbers of people that have died. And these are not all the wars. There were other wars that I didn't put down. But right. what was striking about this, Chris, is that many of these deceased were only 18 or 19 years right. old. Right. You think about that an 18-year-old lost his life or her life in one of right. these wars. The Civil War was somewhere in the half a million and a little bit higher even. Unbelievable. You would think that that would be the highest casualty in some ways because we were fighting each other right oh, yeah, exactly. so that one had a lot of people die and then in World War One, it drops down but it's still a lot of people it's 116,000 mm-hmm. men and women lost their
1: lives World War II was nearly as bad as the Civil War at about 400,000.
0: And then Korea, which there are still living Korean vets around, and those are about 54,000 who lost their lives. Mm -hmm. Desert Shield, Desert Storm, around 2,000 that have lost their
1: lives. Vietnam was 58,000 people.
0: Yeah, I actually am old enough to remember the Vietnam War. I did a year of residency in my training in a VA hospital, and I worked with veterans from different wars, and we had a lot of Vietnam and then the later wars,
1: of course. You know, Dr. Linda, I don't have any family members that have died in any wars, but you do. I do. And the Vietnam War is personal to you. Yeah,
0: it touched our family very personally. My brother was drafted into the Vietnam War, Mm -hmm. and he went in as an officer because he already had a college degree, he was a biologist, he was working on, not necessarily the area of bioterror, but I think that's what eventually started to happen in terms of the development of his skills and what he was doing and where the country was going at that time. He got out of Vietnam, and we were so excited, Chris, I still remember the big party we threw at our house, we had big banners up on the garage, and we were so excited that he was coming home. and People were crying, the whole block. Mm -hmm. Because back then, the neighborhood blocks, we all knew each other. We knew our neighbors. And everybody came out, and people were with their babies and their kids and greeting him, and it was a real time of celebration. And then a little bit later, I can't remember the number of months exactly, but he was chosen as an honor to go on a special mission. And it was a seven-week tour around the world. And they were checking biological sites. They were looking at water, and I think they were doing some things that we were not supposed to know about. But he was on that trip. He had a wife with a two-year-old child and then a child on the way. Hmm. And on the very last leg of that journey, coming back from New Delhi, India, to I think it was Frankfurt, and then Frankfurt was the final trip home, somebody blew up his plane, everybody on board was killed. Back then, we didn't hear a lot about terrorism. Mm -hmm. We didn't really know why people were blowing up airplanes, but there were several military brass on that plane. It was a commercial airliner. It wasn't something that was in the news on a regular basis. We didn't have the internet. I know it's hard to believe that we ever had life without the internet. So we had to read newspaper clippings. The word took time to get to us. I'll never forget when I came home. It was summertime. Mm -hmm. I walked in the house, and my dad, who is a World War II veteran, was sitting at the table in the middle of the day, and I knew something was wrong. And he had called to get my mom home from work and told her what happened. But when we told her the news, she fainted. It was just an overwhelming experience to hear that he had died.
1: Your family and countless other families have dealt with this. How long does it take for a family to recover from having lost a family member in war?
0: (sighs) That's a tough question because you really don't understand the impact of that right away. My sister-in-law, who then had to have her baby without him present, so the trauma of having a two-year-old, dealing with his death, and then just a few months later, going into labor and delivery, there's a lot of concern. When we told her that her husband had died, we were very concerned about how that would impact the baby. And obviously, she did okay. She Mm -hmm. stayed with it, and the trauma was certainly intense, but she delivered the baby. My parents stepped in and took such a dramatic role in her life. They were there every week. They were with her. She was crying. She was beside herself, of course, as was my mom and my dad and all of us. It hit us all differently. I ended up going away to college that year, and I got distracted with school and really didn't understand the impact of that till later. I found myself emotionally eating and doing some things that I didn't tie initially to loss. I remember there was a military person who came into what was a chapel. I went to a Christian college for the first couple of years, and we had a military speaker. He stood up on the podium and spoke, and I fainted. I had no idea what that was about, but it was really the trigger for the loss of my brother, and I really hadn't had a lot of time to grieve. My mom, it was very difficult. I don't know that you could ever say that she recovered from that incident. She really struggled with it. My dad pounding the floor, because I was in the bedroom below, Mm -hmm. their bedroom. I remember him crying out to God and asking God why his son died. It's tough on families, and families manage, especially when you have God in your life, Mm -hmm. And you can look to the Lord for help, and He understands. He walks us through that valley of the shadow of death, and He's with us. And that really is the only reason our family recovered from this, I believe.
1: How do your nieces and nephews, one was two years old, one wasn't born, they essentially may not remember their dad. They know that he died serving this country. What is their response to that?
0: The oldest one, the two-year-old, has Mm -hmm. actually gotten into the Department of Defense. We think he's a spy. We don't know exactly (laughs) what he does. But he was able to go in years later and get the records. It was pretty rough on the youngest, the one that was yet to born. He really wanted to get to know his father. Mm -hmm. So we've tried in our family to give lots of stories, to show pictures, and do all the things that family members have. To do in order right. to deal with that.
1: Maybe you've gotten help from the Veterans History Project.
0: That is a very cool project. If mm-hmm. people don't know about that, it was created by Congress in the year 2000, and it currently holds 97,620 collections of veteran stories. Wow. Everything from audio interviews to pictures to documents from World War I to the most recent conflicts in mm-hmm. Iraq and Afghanistan. Nearly 57,000 of the accounts are from those who served in World War II. This makes sense. If you think about it, Congress said, hey, we need to get the older veteran stories (laughs) while they're still around to give those stories. If you know a living vet, you can record his or her story and have it archived in the Library of Congress. Mm -hmm. And all you have to do is go to the Library of Congress website and there's a kit that you can download with instructions and it'll walk you through what you need to do.
1: Speaking of a living veteran... You know one.
0: My dad is 95 years old. He's a World War II vet, and he has lots of stories. And my producer said, you need to get your dad to do that. You need to download that kit and get him on record because he loves telling stories. He was stationed in Brazil. He was just about to go to the African invasion when the war was declared over. He's got a very fun story about how he enlisted. Everybody was enlisting and they were underage and they all got together in a group and they were going to do this. They all got in there with the recruiters and my dad goes through the process and he finds out after the fact that Five out of the six people he was with chickened out at the last minute to do it. And there he found himself, right. enlisted without his friends. But uh, he's right. very proud to have served his country. He's a Navy guy, yeah. and he was on a destroyer. And he's got terrific stories of the adventure of the Navy, even right. though it was during a war. I don't know how much they were seeing action in Brazil. He was off mm-hmm. the shores of Brazil, and he loved
1: being off of that part of the country. The Navy guys have great stories of the sailors, lots of fun to talk to. Today we're talking about Memorial Day, the day when we honor those who have died in service to our country. For many people, Memorial Day holds lots of memories. Before we go to the break, Dr. Linda, let's listen to how this young lady thinks of Memorial Day. We celebrate Memorial Day to remember those that fought in wars and for our country. And for me personally, it's to remember my grandfather who, um, he didn't die overseas, but he served overseas, and it's nice to remember what he did for our country. That's right. That's why we have Memorial Day. It's a fantastic story. This is the Dr. Linda Mental Show, and before we go to the break, I'll take a minute to say thank you to the vets in our audience and to all of the military families who have shared their heroes with us. You are heroes, and we are grateful for your sacrifice. We'll be back right after this. (laughs)
0: Hi, I'm Dr. Linda Mintel of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show.
1: And I'm Dr. James Cribbs, and we co-authored a book, Living Beyond Pain.
0: If you're one of the 100 million people suffering from chronic pain, this is a book for you. Living Beyond Pain in stores now.
1: Welcome back to the Dr. Linda Mental Show. Happy Memorial Day weekend. And the topic for today's program is what does Memorial Day mean to you? And Dr. Linda, we've talked about a lot of the details and in the ins and outs of Memorial Day, but there is the cookouts.
0: There are, and we're not trying to condemn anybody. We hope you get together. We right. hope you have a great cookout. Do you have special recipes or anything special you do at the cookout time or well, the see, barbecue?
1: I, no, they don't let me near the grill.
0: Really? Yes,
1: I'm not that man that grills. Oh,
0: them. my husband is like the grill master. I mean, we want him to go to the grill because he is awesome.
1: Generally speaking, if we have a Memorial Day cookout or any cookout at our house, if there's another guy coming, I hand him the tongs and say, go fire the grill up. You do it.
0: Doesn't your dad do something on Memorial weekend?
1: Actually, my father-in-law. Oh, father-in-law. Yes, he has a flagpole and he keeps the American flag on there. But Memorial Day, he puts up a new one.
0: He does? Yes. Our producer, Pam. Hi there. She had a great story about how the cookout and honoring the fallen kind of go together. So tell that story. Yes. When I was in high school, a friend of mine graduated and immediately was drafted to go to Vietnam. He was engaged. The plans were all laid out for him and his fiancee to be married. The families in a small town were very close. They knew one another well. And they were looking forward to being a family. And then he was taken in the war. They continued to have a gathering between the two families for a number of years after the son was taken because it was their way of remembering what he gave and of comforting one another, having a barbecue, getting together and remembering the good things. I love that. When you've lost somebody, you want to remember that person right. and then we have the double effect here. If we want to honor their sacrifice and what they did for our countries. That was Reagan's idea. That's the spirit of President Reagan. Right. Honor the fallen but also get together with family and talk about them and eat some barbecue.
1: Definitely. We heard from a listener earlier it sounded to me like her family does all of this they barbecue they celebrate but they do take time earlier in the day to, to honor the graves of the fallen soldiers that they know and that's one thing you can do on memorial day for sure is put flags or flowers on the graves of men and women who served in the wars
0: and we do that every year. I feel bad I live far away from where my brother's grave is but Mm -hmm. when I was closer to home and my parents who live in the same town did that every single year we went out it was solemn we stood around the grave we told a little story we remembered sometimes Mm -hmm. we quote a Bible verse and then we would be sad and then we would go back and we would celebrate the day in his memory so you can do that one of the biggest things that people do is to fly the U.S. flag at half staff until noon noon. I didn't know the significance of this On Memorial Day the U.S flag only flies at half staff for the first half of the day, and then it's raised to full height from noon to sundown. Did you know that?
1: Did not know that.
0: Here's how this unique custom came about. It honors the war dead for the morning and then the living veterans for the rest of the day.
1: Oh, that makes sense. In
0: 1924, Congress codified the tradition into the U.S. Code Title 4, Section 6, like we're all <laughs> going to remember that, with the proclamation, for the nation lives and the flag is a symbol of illumination. Raising the noon flag symbolizes the persistence of the nation in the face of loss. I love that. I had no idea.
1: We may be on this show, but we also learn a thing we or two. We
0: are too, learning a right. lot when we look up things. I think this is important because so much of history is being lost on our nation today. It seems like we don't have a real interest in what brought us to where we are. And if we don't appreciate the past, we don't really appreciate the present.
1: We've talked on the show. I've got lots of young kids at my house. They're mine. Yeah,
0: that's that's a good thing. (laughs) It's not a daycare center. They're my kids.
1: I remember doing this last Memorial Day. I was home on that Monday. Of course, Evie wasn't in school. And I asked her, I said, do you know why we are home today and not doing a regular thing and explain to her the importance of it. That's so really start good. start when they're little.
0: Another so. thing you can do is take them to monuments that are dedicated to soldiers and mm. sailors and Marines and there's monuments in pretty much everybody's town you can find somewhere to go. I think that's really good. Now here's the one I love and I try to remember this and that is participating in the National Moment of Remembrance at 3 o'clock p.m. your local time. Whatever time zone you're in right. when it hits 3 o'clock then everybody does this moment Moment of remembrance. And the idea is to remember the people who have died. This was something that got into motion in 2000 when the U.S. Congress passed and the president signed into law the National Moment of Remembrance Act. They created a White House commission on the national moment of remembrance, and they have this as a tradition that people have done. Have you ever done that?
1: Not recently, but I do remember when this was passed.
0: So if you're at a celebration this weekend and you're there on Memorial Day, everybody stop at 3 o'clock, pause, remember, and have a moment of silence. And pray for the families who have lost loved ones. And remember those that have died in service of the country. I love it. It's a way we can all help put the memorial back in Memorial Day. You can also march in a parade. I don't know how many people have parades anymore. I used to go to one when I was a kid. A lot of cities have gone away from parades. You can send a note of thanks to veterans, you know. If you know someone who has lost a loved one in battle, you can offer to help them with a household project or you can help meet a need that they have. There's a lot of people that are out there that have lost a loved one that could use some yard work and some other things and youth groups and churches could get involved in that. And then you can pray God's blessing over America. We really need to pray for America these days and ask God's protection over all the branches of our military who are serving all over the world. Have you done any of that with your family?
1: We have. We've prayed for the branches of the military.
0: My daughter, when she was in school, wrote notes to people's families who lost a loved one in a war Mm -hmm. and thanked them for their service. And it was darling because it was grade school kids writing these touching notes to the families and the families appreciated that so much.
1: Wrong holiday. But on Veterans Day, all of my friends on Facebook who served... make sure I send a message and tag all of them. So it's almost like you get them all in the same room and say thank you.
0: I hope during this long weekend of rest and relaxation that every one of you that's listening takes time to pause to consider the sacrifice of so many of our fallen, honor their service, pray for America, and thank you so much for your service and the sacrifice that each family has made who has lost someone to a war or to the time that they've been in service. May God bless America. We can never say That's enough. That's all the time we have for today. Many thanks to our producer, Pam Miller, our engineer, Caleb Carpenter, our social media director, Hannah Duke, and our post producer, Chris Underation. And thanks, of course, to you, my co host, Chris Weigel, who makes this show a conversation. From all of us here at Faith Radio, we'll talk to you next weekend. In the meantime, remember, we are here and we're doing life together, and it's better when you don't have to do it alone.